Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dial the gate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Welcome to episode 16 of Dial the Gate. My name is David Reed. Thank you so much for joining us. It is a lovely Sunday, and we have a lovely first guest to start us off, Miss Terrell Rothery. Before I bring her in, I do have a couple of, uh, of agenda items to go over with you. So what we're going to do after we... Um, my camera is off. There we go. Uh, What we're going to do is I'm going to bring in Terrell and I have a round of questions for her. Then we're going to turn the questions over to the audience in the YouTube chat. We have almost 150 people in there waiting. So thank you so much for joining us. And then afterwards, I'll take any additional questions you have. I do have one from already that I know that I want to address from Kyosho LP. What is the turtle timeline? Somebody asked! Finally! It took 16 episodes. But yes, I will be addressing that hashtag at the end of the show. So, all right. Before we get started, if you like Stargate and want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you click the like button. It really makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm and will definitely help the show grow its audience. And please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. Giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. This is key if you plan on watching live. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days on both the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels. We also cracked 5,000 subscribers this morning, so thank you so much for that. Without further ado, Miss Terrell Rothery. Welcome. Hello. Hi. It's so good to have you. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. How, good. How is, how is family? How is daughter? Everyone good? Oh. My gosh, I know I'm a little scattered today. Um, it's Sunday, don't you know? So <laughs> she's off. I can hear her. She's getting ready for a hockey practice. Good it was supposed her. to be a game originally, but um, given our circumstances right now with what the worldwide is world is dealing with, uh, we've got a limited sort of thing that they can do right now. So the girls are able to go and have a hockey practice, but their game had to be canceled because we're in a yeah, a little bit of a slowdown for the next two weeks. Yeah. Well, at least they're you know they're athletic. I mean they're they're keeping up their strength and you know those muscles and everything else. So that's oh, that's God, very yeah. good. She loves it, so it's it's a good thing. That's, yes, that's terrific. Yeah. <sighs> Terrell Rothery. Nearly... Need <gasps> what? I mean, it's <laughs> it's been it's been twenty three years for this character and for this franchise, and people are still talking about it and and bringing it up and with you specifically nearly 200 movie television and theater credits you got a beautiful family including all the pets do you consider yourself blessed well i think that just goes without saying um yes my gosh absolutely are you kidding i consider myself blessed every time i wake up so 
it's a good thing. Yeah, I have been really fortunate and, and I can honestly say, I, I can't imagine there being anything else um, that would fill, fill me as full as I already feel right now. Like I, I am so grateful and that's what gets me through it all is just being grateful every single day. There are times when my 12 year old who's going on 17 pushes certain buttons and maybe I'm not so grateful then, but um, <laughs> uh, in, a, in, a, you know, in a split second, I'm back to being, oh my gosh, I just, you melt. So yeah, that, that, I have to say that is probably the biggest journey and, and the hardest job at, uh, to be a parent. So hats off to every one of us brave souls who uh, have, have stepped into the parenting ring because it's a challenge and one that is truly a gift. So yeah, absolutely. It's just one of those things you just have to hang on for and hope that you're doing the best that you can. Did she create the the picture behind you or was that a fan? Oh, gosh, no, that's her. That was wow. I forget what year that was. I mean, she was just a little taut with that one. But I just I love it. She's at the age now. She's like, oh, mom, she, for God's sake, could you just take these down? Get rid of them. And I'm no, not going to happen. I'm never getting rid of all these I have so much stuff of hers everywhere. Oh, I have to show you this. Please. Because I know we have fans from England. So this was. Aww. I keep all these little things. Yeah. So that's her little English bear. So it's it's hers. And she's like, Mom, I'm, I'm over. I'm over the stuffed animals. And of course, I'm I'm the hoarder because I can't get rid of them. So a lot of this stuff. I mean, there's so much of this stuff in here. That's It's all hers, but I can't get rid of it. <laughs> Um, so we've got the gold Stargate in the corner here. I've seen those before. What is that one again? I can't remember. Okay. It's uh, it's some I kind of anniversary. From, it's an anniversary thing. Yeah. From Paul. I got that from, uh, Oh, that's legend. Leg- yes. Legends memorabilia. Beautiful. Yeah, that was a gift. Yeah, absolutely. But nothing compares to that creature directly behind you over your left shoulder, my camera, right shoulder. <laughs> What on yeah. earth is that? Is that a Borg? No. No, the what Borg, is- actually, we moved upstairs because um, oh. it never appeared in Stargate. This is Matthew Scott's costume. From That's who? Matthew Scott's uh, costume from Stargate Universe. So that's who that is. And that was, um, it was actually repurposed from uh, a Stargate Atlantis uh, species that was actually the Asgard. So wow. in, in the show, in, in, in the story of, of the show... Um, there was an offshoot of the Asgard that escaped the destruction of their planet. And, really? Uh, As you up. can see, I haven't watched, so fill me in some more. It's good. Yeah, so they they just, they just escaped. Um, they broke off from Thor's group a long yeah. time ago and went to the Pegasus Galaxy, and they got stuck. And so they found themselves in a bad atmosphere, and so they built they built these suits to stay inside of. It, it had a different helmet at the time, but then the costume was repurposed for Stargate Universe. And obviously, it added on some height as well to the. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so they, they climb up into side. them. They climb up into them. So the Asgard are in that. They're yeah. the ones in there. Mm-hmm. For Atlantis, they are. Yeah, there's a whole yeah. scene. Michael Shanks guest starred, and he's like, "Why? Why are you guys in your battle armor?" You know, and so it turns around and it opens up, and it's an Asgard. And, and a like, little Asgard. Whoa! And they're evil. They're bad. Oh no! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So unfortunately, it didn't get to go anywhere. But yeah, that's the story behind that behind that guy. Wow. So and then the the costumes, according to Joseph Malazzi, they built three of them. They were a hundred grand each 
in R and And so Yikes. they're like, we've, we've got to repurpose this thing. So that's what they did. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Terrell, tell me a little bit about um, growing up in Vancouver and who you were as a young person. Hmm. Uh, okay. Growing up in Vancouver was fabulous. I highly recommend it to anybody who's wanting to grow up, including you, David. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a wonderful childhood. It was also a very, um, I was raised as an only child. So I, and I was incredibly shy. So that was the really hard part, uh, I think, for me. I remember being cripplingly shy. Um, and I was raised by my grandparents. So, and I know I've, I've answered these questions. God bless you guys for, who've heard them for the past 20 some odd years. God bless you for listening yet again. Um, but in order to get me out of my, my shyness, my grandmother put me into a dance, brought me to the dance studio because my cousin was going to be enrolled and I went along and she asked if I wanted to get involved in dance and I did, but I was nervous, of course, but I did. And um, thank God I did. I loved it. I loved the magic of being able to perform and, and be somebody that I wasn't, right? Because I was, I was out there. And then as soon as I hit the wing, I'd be shy again, right? But slowly, obviously, hello, it has changed. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, that was, uh, that's how I, I grew up and always surrounded by, you know, lots of pets and lots of love and lots of support and encouragement. And um, yeah, I, I, again, truly blessed. If you didn't um, act professionally, do you think you, you could have danced professionally? Or was it just an outlet for self-expression? Ladies and gentlemen, um, David Reed has not done his homework. I did dance professionally. That's how it all started. I made a living as a dancer. Oh, my God. That's right. I, you know, I, I did know that. I forgot. Can, can all of you, what is there, 150 of you? Yeah. Can you, you all do one of these? Yeah. Put a little whatever your chat thing is. Put a little something in there because this has made my day. Um, Shame on me. Um, you know, you know, I adore you. I know, but, but still, I, it's still. I have to rib you when I. I can, know, David. no, you're right. Um, well, yes, they're going to so give I me did, hell, uh, though. So go ahead. I uh, I did start out as a professional dancer, and that's how this all began. Not in the um, in the classical realm. I mean, that would have been amazing. It's not. It's not something I ever dreamed about doing because I certainly I didn't have the body for it. You know, with the ballet, I had. Um, well, let's just say. I was a little too well endowed, um, you know, and um, fuller figured. So, but I I excelled in the other forms and I highly recommend ballet. If anybody has kids who are into dance, they need it to supplement all the other stuff. But yeah, I was huge into jazz and um, lots of shows in the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Um, A lot of it shot here in Vancouver, worked with amazing actors and amazing stars that, Again, I pinch myself when I think back over the years because I was young. I started really young professionally. I was about 16. And um, to be in the room with some of these amazing greats, I mean, Tina Turner, to be on stage with Tina Turner. um, It was a TV show that we were shooting um, was phenomenal, right? And and Dionne Warwick. And um, I mean, the list goes on. Isaac Hayes and Paul Anka and on and on and on. So... Yeah. Yes. 
So I did do that. I can I can tick that off my bucket list, David. And uh, it was again something that launched me into what I'm I'm doing now, telling a story, which I I love to do. Right. Absolutely. Who are your heroes, Terrell? Who both both of whom you've you've known per, known personally, and who have helped you grow, and who you've just watched and studied. Oh my gosh. Um, I can certainly think of the ones that I've watched and studied. That that one's an easy one for me, and it. It, they all tend to be um, British, actually, but my hero, my absolute hero that I, um, I just love everything that she has ever done and the magic of how she just brings so much depth into any role that she portrays. And that would be Dame Judi Dench, who I can actually say I did meet. I had the ah. um, absolute sincere honor to to meet her thanks to one of our um Adele Beverly I will give her I'll give her a shout out she started out as a fan and and is a a a friend we keep in contact you know on email and whatever and I was doing a convention in England and she arranged it all that we got these tickets to go and see Judy on stage in the West End and she was a very clever young woman and got me in backstage so we went up with a campaign with Judy and Judy's taken off her makeup and I'll never forget that as long as I live ever just to, to actually share space with her and chit chat and talk about acting and character and everything. It was amazing. So um, yeah. So Judy Dench is, is the number one for me, but I also wow. admire and love the greats like Dame Maggie Smith, um, yes. Anthony Hopkins, uh, branching into the United States, Meryl Streep, who again, can just morph into whatever role that she does but um and and then in the in the comic era i mean lucille ball mary tyler moore (laughs) um all of those greats it's just there's so many to choose from it's really it's really hard to to narrow down but if i had to it would be judy certainly at the top of the list who in your personal sphere Oh my gosh! I know that's a tougher question. It is. But a it, tougher it, it proves question. to be usually very fascinating. It is, but I—I I mean, I can't. I don't. I, I don't know if I can answer that. When I think okay. of who, if I use the word heroes, um, my where my heart automatically goes to, and and my gut goes to, is when I, I look. There's a young girl in our neighborhood who, um, is special needs, and mm. I watch her parents who take her for a bike ride Mm. and she's in her little, she's a a young, young woman Mm -hmm. and she's, she's in there with her bike helmet on and her parents do all the work and, and take her for bike rides. And I see the joy in her eyes and I see the amazing selflessness and love. I'm going to make myself cry here. You're already making me start. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Of the parents who, uh, you know, are, are taking the yeah. those, those are the heroes to me, David. I, those are the ones that I look and I, those are heroes. Absolutely. Just such amazing selflessness and um, pure love, you know? Absolutely. I agree. Does Stargate's lasting popularity surprise you? I know I've asked you this question before, 
Um, um, yeah, of course it does. It always surprises me. I remember in the early days and um, I would watch like the, I, everybody knows I'm a Star Trek fan and I had the maddest crush on James T. Kirk and all of that story. <laughs> and so when Stargate first started, we were all so excited and there was always like, God, wouldn't it be amazing if we could any get anywhere near like, like Star Trek and it would always be like, Oh, that'll never happen. And, and I still, I still bow down to Ronberry and, and the Star Trek franchise for sure. But again, I, you know, kudos to Brad and, and, and everybody involved at putting Stargate together. I mean, look at this, look at what we have. I mean, look at yeah. this, that, you know, 23 years later, you and I are sitting here and you and I had the pleasure of meeting many years ago and we still get to chat about it and have fun. And the fact that it's, you're not just David doing the questions. You're David, somebody that I, I do, I consider you a friend, you know, you and I will every once in a while chit chat and, online and and that's the beauty of it it's not just that people watch the show um because of the show which i mean obviously they do but it's it's it's, again a a kudos to the uh, science fiction fans because it's i i they're they they're like a we're family i can do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's transcendent art sorry it's transcendent art is really what it is and these people keep on discovering it yeah. On on now streaming, and I keep an eye on the social channels, and there's new people coming in, finding it all the time. Isn't that the best? I think we were we chatted about this, or or maybe it was. Uh, you, were you there when I was chatting with Sue Ann? Not with Sue, Sue Ann. Ann. No. Yeah. Christopher was maybe the last it was time when we did another yeah. one or something. But anyway, it was it was the. Um, well, now I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. That it starts out. You know, people coming up and they they love you and they want your autographs and and the, and there's this you know mutual love, right? Support and then thank yous, and then you see, oh, my dad loves your show and I wanted to get him an autograph photo for his birthday. Would you mind? And then it's like, yes, of course. And then it's like, hi, my grandfather just loves you. Carol, you you were his favorite. So the generations and that, you know, like you just said, their heart, they're coming up and they're going, hey, let's Mm -hmm. check out whatever aired 20 years ago or whatever. And that's this. It's magic. It's phenomenal. And I'm again. So, yeah. And I can add myself to that. Um, I don't think I've ever told you. My dad has always said that you were his favorite, too. (laughs) And he's watching. So. (laughs) <laughs> oh, hi, Papa Reed. <laughs> so, I wish we could see them, but we I can't. Know. Yeah, I, I, soon, at some point. I, this, I mean, I just, the, some of them are a little bit uh, bonkers, so I w- have to be careful about bringing them in because they could, like, flash or something. So, But oh. one of these days, you know, you know that technology oh, is coming. Yeah, absolutely. This all started with Brad Wright and Trial by Fire which was yeah. an Outer Limits episode, which, no joke, is my f- favorite of the new Outer Limits, actually. Wow. Um, not uh, cer- certainly partly because of your performance in that episode. If, if you've not seen it, I think it's streaming on Prime. Um, if Fans, if you've not seen this episode of the new Outer Limits, it's called Trial by Fire, and it's um, it, the, the premise is that it's inauguration night, and the new president goes into a bunker, and there's an alien presence approaching. 
and Terrell plays one of the presidential aides. And they're trying to figure out what this threat is. And Brad Wright said that was the episode that made him want to hire you as Janet Frazier. I think her, her character was named Janet as well, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember what her so. name was, but it was that was a, it was a magical episode because yes, Brad wrote it, and it was directed by Jonathan Glasner. <laughs> so it was Brad and Jonathan, right? In our first in season one, I mean, jo- yeah, Jonathan's been around. Uh-huh. I don't know where he is now. I, I bump, or I hear from him every once in a while through various writers. But yeah, so what a blessing that was with Jonathan and Brad. Like how magical was that? And I still remember that episode. I absolutely loved it. I won't spoil it for fans, but Terrell has the no, killer line at the much. end. And it's like uh, your, your heart your heart drops into your chest. when goose, I got goosies. Yeah, see, it's, it's the classic Outer Limits Twilight Zone twist. So you got to go watch this thing. Yeah. But this spiraled into SG-1. I know. Tell us about auditioning for Janet Frazier. Did you audition or were you offered that part after after that? I was offered the role of Janet. <laughs> uh, but I, I did audition. And okay. I, I, again, I, I think a lot of you guys know, um, I actually auditioned for the Sam Carter role, um, which just makes me laugh. It's just because you know how you get, you, there's just no way you know nobody else could do it. Like Amanda, like Amanda is Sam. Um, but it was nice to be called in and, and be shortlisted for it. Short, get it? Um, <laughs> yeah, so when this came around, I was actually in Los Angeles at the time. I had a, a couple of acting coaches that I worked with down there all the time. So I would go for six months of the year and, and work, come home, work, go down, study, come back, that kind of thing. So I was down there and I was doing some auditions and I I auditioned for a, a TV movie that I ended up booking and it was shooting in Vancouver. So I came home to Vancouver to shoot it while I was here doing the movie because I was going to do the movie and go back down. And then while I was here, my agent said, oh, you've got a we've got a request for you to play the part of this doctor on Stargate. Uh, it's a one off, but, you know, it may recur. You know, it's a guest star. I went, oh, I'm thrilled. I'm so excited. And I was like, just so happy and you know, all these years later, I still pinch myself, you know? Yeah, Broke a Divide, that first episode. The mm-hmm. Cro-Magnon episode. It's a very polarizing episode among fans uh, in terms of, like, where, where the show went. Um, but it certainly set up Janet. And it, it, it set up a lot of what, uh, what made SG-1 uh, great in, in the long term. Who was that character on those pages in the broken divide because you're, you're facilitating plot. you know at this point the character is 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 still very bare bones in terms of like mm-hmm. what she she's there to move the plot along but you know what she was she, i i won't say that she was bare bones in the okay. sense that it was written so beautifully there was so much of her in those pages yeah. that it was easy to sort of go in not easy but for me, it was a joy, let's say, to find her because of the writing. And then what becomes an actor's um, biggest gift is in series TV is that you get to then keep building layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. Because none of us are the same from one second from one moment to the next. You know, life, we're constantly 
changing, growing, falling back, all the things we do as humans. And the same applies. You're, that she's, you know, Janet Frazier was a person. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, to me, it wasn't bare bones, but you, I think you got to see the rawness. You got to see who and what she was about and how she was, she just persevered and she was not, she was like a dog with a bone. She was not going to let go until she <laughs> got this. And, um, yeah, so yeah, I, I thought it was an amazing episode to introduce her and such a great stepping stone for, the the woman we see who dies again giving of herself to somebody else exactly yeah and i I apologize for the mischaracterization that's true i'm thinking about uh, specifically the episode the uh, the scene with you and rick in this in the cell and she's it's starting to discover you know the solution and you know what was it like working with rick you just never knew what you were going to get um that had to be both um you had to be exciting and and like spontaneous and like oh here we go uh, all of the above yeah you just you didn't know what you were going to get and you didn't know um it was really good it was an amazing tool because sometimes he'd do his own line so you'd be waiting for the cue line right in order for you to say your line and again a great acting study to be able to you really got to listen to what the hell he's saying and so but then you never knew when he was going to finish so you'd be listening and then sometimes you'd be in the middle of the scene and he goes well are you going to say anything and i'd go <laughs> kind of waiting for you to finish i never know when you're going to finish nor do i know what line you're going to finish with and so there was always so you just yeah you had to be on your toes um but i loved you know what i absolutely loved rick in that episode i loved his mm-hmm. performance it was so he was so there and i can still remember seeing oh my god that scene where i'm in there like you say in the cell with him and, and they had put the drops in so his eyes were like bloody and mm-hmm. and it, he could hardly speak in the saliva and he kept grabbing me and wanting me to experiment on him and it was just so moving it was one of my favorite moments i mean he did had some fabulous moments but for me that was one of my favorites being up close and personal with him totally into that character you know and it showed rick's conviction in that episode a lot of fans don't know this rick stopped production on that episode there was there was a prosthetic that was supposed to be given to him and he was like guys that's not gonna work you know i can't act under that you know let's 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 figure this out and make it better and they did you know, it, it just showed his his tireless commitment to making the product great and being willing to say, you know what, this is going to burn some cash, but we need to because he was a produ- producer. He had that ability, yeah. you know, and um, they made it better because of it. What has it been like um, getting to know Amanda Tapping all these years and watching her transform into this amazing director? That, I mean, according to Martin Wood, I mean, she's practically impossible to get at this point. She is a powerhouse in the (sighs) directing world. And, you know, a testament to her is, A, you get to see, all of us get to see her finished work, right? The finished product on screen. But it's how she is behind the screen, you know? And and like all of us in any industry, people talk, right? Of course. once has there been anything said about, well, no, 
she didn't, she, this was not working or this, there was, there's never been anything negative. All I've ever heard in all these years is how phenomenal she is. It's because who she is, is what you're going to get as well, either in front of the camera or behind it. And she is extremely generous and she knows she's always, she always knew she wanted to be a director. She would always talk about that. And I, I remember thinking that's something I never even thought about doing and, you know, and it's and, hard. Yeah. It's commitment totally. and it's in- so hard. Like there's a like a lot of work goes into it that people aren't even aware of. It's not yeah. just those days that they're on set directing the actor and getting their shots and their angles. There's dealing with, oh geez, we've just got a re- really big rainstorm. Okay, how can we rework this? It's all the prep that goes in weeks of it. Weeks in advance of it. You know, it is it is a lot of work and she handles it with such grace and um, respect for everybody involved for her crew, for, you know, this, the, the actors, the writers, everybody involved production. She's, she is truly, yeah, she's going to go far and she is in demand. Like it's hard. That's what I hear that, you know, people try, Oh yeah, we tried to get Amanda tapping, but she's Mm -hmm. booked up. So that, that in itself speaks. I'm I'm on that list as well. I've been trying to book her as well. We're going to make it happen, but it's going to take a while. So, yeah. Michael Shanks, before Heroes had aired, uh, you and I were talking on the lawn outside of of GateCon, and because um, you you technically weren't allowed to say anything about it, but we were like inferring with one another what was going on, and you said to me. Um, one of the things that you probably won't see on camera, David, is that after I get hit, he's holding my hand. You know, um, and I was like, oh, God, you know, um, I know you haven't seen the episode, no. but what a the beautiful performance by you, by Saul, by Bob Picardo and Michael. In that episode, mm-hmm. it is, in my opinion, his one of his best performances, if not the best. Tell us a little bit about Shanks. Oh my gosh, what's to tell? He is again another powerhouse. Uh-huh. He is. He takes his work so seriously, and he has to. And yet, he can also be crazy as well. You know, he's just. He is a wonderful, wonderful man, and I, I can't say enough about him. He's he's like a brother. We talk about that all the time, or and certainly have talked about it, is that it was a family. It was brother-sister, and so there were the brother-sister head bashings and the brother-and-sister love yeah. and brother-and-sister don't fuck with oops. Yeah, you're okay. Don't, don't mess around. Don't mess around with that person because I will get you. So there was this really amazing family unit. And to this day, I just, I adore him. If I don't, I hardly ever see him. Mm. He was in Toronto for a very long, I see more of a, you know, Lexa than I do. (laughs) Each other on on different sets and whatnot, or on Twitter and all of that stuff. Um, Yeah, I don't see him all that often, but I mean, on, on, I watch him whenever I, I get to, when I know he's in something and he just continues to be the amazing piece of work that he is, you know, he's so good at what he does and he loves what he does. I would watch him on, I don't know if you guys got it. Um, oh gosh. Help Unspeakable? 
Say again. Unspeakable, the miniseries. No, no, no. The okay. other uh, doctor one. Oh, Raising Hope. Yes. I loved him in that. I loved the whole premise of that show. I got so, I was so invested in those characters as well. Um, yeah, I, lo- I just, yeah. I love watching his work. The last time I saw you, I uh, was with Christopher and we were filming season one of uh, Dialing Home. That's right. What a treat to sit with that man for hours and and pull up all these these great memories of of uh, of a wonderful uh piece of work i got very close to chris during that shoot and there is there are a few people that i can think of who have such raw passion and yeah. just love for people and one of the things that he taught me that he learned from his mother that that i think of at least once a week is that if you're not thinking of um, if, if you're not connecting with someone and you're not um, if you don't find them interesting in some way, that's your fault. Find what makes them tick and find what makes them interesting because everyone has a story to tell. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Chris. Oh, I, there's really nothing to tell that you guys don't already know. Um, a lover of life in a big way so sensitive so sensitive sentimental um fiery papa you know big time papa bear um a heart that's bigger than you could possibly imagine um he gives 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 he's just the christopher i i mean i love everything about him i love Oh, it makes me laugh. I love how he can be a little piggy. I love <laughs> about him. But mostly what I love is that generosity, right? Um, we would have so many uh, dinners at his place uh, and family dinners. When I say family, I'm talking about the American Thanksgivings and the Christmas, like sharing all of that. And it wasn't just cast. It was my granny. Your grandmother as well. My grandmother. Like we'd all go and... And he would laugh, and oh my God, she just loved him. And it was this summer thing. I forget what it was. <laughs> I forget what it was, but well, you know, Christopher, you've seen like going golfing with him. He Absolutely. always has the most amazing, crazy ass pants. pants. It's loud, and he's so so. We were it was a summer thing, so we were going out by the pool, and I had Granny with me, and his mom would be there, and his brother. Like there would always be. It was family. And so he had on these crazy shorts and Granny, if you ever knew my granny, she's crotchety, but she has this way about her and she looks and she goes, and just, and she goes like this and she points to her shorts and just what the hell are those supposed to represent? And that was it. So like literally to see, you know, Chris six foot, you know, two, three, doubling over with tears down his face and then hugging her. I mean, that's, that's the Chris I just, I adore. That's the Chris that just cracks me up. The Christopher says, would you like a drink? And, oh, sure, yeah, okay. Because he was, as you, we all know, he's a Scotch fan. And, well, he's <laughs> right, he sure is. Back then. and um, He was, that's right. Yeah, so he, like I would get, this is my water glass. And where this is would go to here. And I'd say, what, what is this? 
well, that's your scotch. I said, that's not scotch. That's like freaking nine ounces. And I remember one night he's like, no, it's not. And I was like, yes, it is. And there we are rummaging in the kitchen because I had to find a measuring cup. And I poured my scotch into this measuring cup. And I said, look at that, nine point such and such ounces. You see? And he's like, well, you don't have to keep filling it up. But that, you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> that's what he's like. If you're going to eat, eat. There's all this food. Just give, give, give. Yeah, yeah if, you're going to, if you're going to live life, you need to live it. Mm-hmm. So one of the other people that um, uh, that I got to spend a lot of a, a lot of time with, and I'm very thankful, um, is Don S. Davis. He he called you his daughter. You know he has a son, and you were you were his daughter. Um, what an amazing human being! Just a giant, and another just absolute lover of life. You know, do you have a do you have a story of Don that you can share? Oh God, so many. Are you kidding? He was a dad. He he absolutely was a He was um a dad for sure. I have so many stories. I was just sharing one of them the other day that I cannot repeat. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it was so funny. I really wish I could. And it had to do Tony Amendola is in it as well. And it was a taxi ride from I don't know where the heck. We were somewhere, I think in Paris, and we were going, I don't know, going somewhere else. But I can't share it. But suffice it to say, it still makes me cry from laughter. He makes me cry from sadness. He makes me cry from joy. He makes me cry of of from laughing and I was thinking of another story um again we were in Paris and uh Carmen oh bless his soul. God bless him oh my gosh we had we were at the Moulin Rouge and uh this is back in the heyday of, of Stargate so we were treated very very well and it's big it was, in France oh my gosh it was so amazing yes and um just to have that day, you know, those that time, the romance of sitting and having dinner and then the show and then, you know, live music and get, getting up to dance. I felt, I always felt I was born too late because I loved that whole era of the 40s and the glam and, and the, the dinner and dancing, you know, where you could just in the middle of the meal go and dance. So this song came on and, and Carmen brought me up and we had this amazing dance and that became our little thing. I'd bump into him or we'd chat and he'd go, we'll always have Paris. And we did. We always did have Paris. So we were all, and then we all went back to the hotel and stuff. And we had seen some show. I guess it was part of the, the Moulin Rouge show where there's like acrobatics. And all I remember, Christopher, Donnie, me, and Carmen. And of course, we're imbibing and, and we're sitting in Donnie's room and and all of a sudden, Carmen's on his back on the bed with his feet going like this. He's going, come on, Don, hop on. Because there was this, this act where the guy's like this and the other guy's doing somersaults on the feet. He's like, hop on. And we're just doubled over. And the phone would keep ringing from the you know front desk with complaints of too much noise in the room. And so then we're like, oh, well, we might as well go. Are you guys hungry? I don't know what time it was. Yeah, we're hungry. Let's go. And all of us arm in arm walking down the Champs-Élysées trying to look for something to get food, right? 
all those are memories. Those are the the things that I will treasure. Those are phenomenal, phenomenal memories. Wherever we went, it was just always an experience, you know. And I, I was, <laughs> I was thinking of another story. I can't remember if we were in Australia or England, but they had these magnificent bathtubs in the hotels. They were so long, like I literally could stretch out. I know that's not saying much, (laughs) but so I could literally stretch out in the bathtub and, but they were quite narrow. So I I just loved it. And the next thing I know, (laughs) we're waiting for Dawn and finally we get this call. He's like, hell, hon, I'm sorry I'm late because he was so late. He said, I'll be on my way, but I got stuck in my bathtub. <laughs> you got stuck in your bathtub. Well, this, it's so goddamn narrow, I couldn't move. I've got a 52-inch chest. I couldn't get out. Anyway, again, it was like constant doubling over with the things that Don would do, the things that Don would say. <laughs> And pure innocence, right? He mm-hmm. was just this big teddy bear of life and love, and he is so missed. Yeah. Carmen told the story when Christopher and I were with him of you guys walking down the Champs Elysees. And I mean, it's what, one or two, three in the morning? It's late. It was late. It was early. It was early yeah. the next day. <laughs> and there's people walking. That, that cross your path. And Carmen said, they turned to us and they saw Chris and they're like, Monsieur Tilk, Monsieur Tilk. And it's like, this is a phenomenon. You're in, right. you're on the other side of the world. And there's, there's people who are spotting Chris and they know exactly <laughs> who he is. Yeah. Just an extraordinary experience to, to and, and you know, what a legacy, you know, to be a part of something so, um, pure and good that people can look back on and say, and that you can tell people, you know, you, you want to watch something that I did that had some quality, not to say that anything else didn't, but that, that spoke to things deeper than just what it was on the surface. Yes. Go and watch SG one. And I think that that meant a lot to, um, the, the military as well. Oh. Can you speak a little bit about the USO tour? I was. What an experience that had to have been. You have no idea. Like even now, I still look back and I, you know, in the photos and every, I just I still am in awe. Honestly, I, there, I just, I think, God, what did I do to deserve this amazing life? You know, um, it was the, my first one was July. It was for the July 4th weekend, and, and uh, I was flown with a lot of the JAG actors. Mm. We went to uh, Korea. So here I am in Korea, still going, ha, ha, how is this happening? And we're doing this these tours, and I mean, David, I'm flying around in a Black Hawk. Oh, my God. My five point, you know, thing, the doors are wide open and soldiers, because it's still a war zone, right? Yes, the it is. And so they've got their, you know, machine guns or whatever, with their yeah. feet dangling out. And of course, I, I'm just looking at all this going, is this actually happening? 
and then sort of forgetting. And then I kind of wanted to be a kid and we all had our things. And I was like, hey, you think I could come sit down? Can I dangle my feet? And they're like, ma'am, absolutely not, ma'am. Right. It's just not going to happen. But and then we'd land and we'd cheer on the troops and. Oh, my gosh, the red carpet and getting driven around in a Hummer and then all these generals, you know, that were meeting these like just mind boggling. Just I, I, I don't even know how to speak and just and seeing what they what what our forces do. You know what I mean? What the men and women do for us for democracy democracy for for all these things that we mm-hmm. have and take for know? granted so my heart is just i'm so i don't like war i don't i don't get into the whole politics thing i it just breaks my heart but i love and support and respect the men and women who do what they do for for all of us right um yeah, so it was just such a, such, I don't even know how to describe what a like, crazy gift this was. It was just amazing. and, and How many had, did you do? Just the two. Okay. I had, we had the VP of Sony. His brother was a, a general. Wow. Uh, yeah, so we were there and we were bringing movies to the troops. Sony yeah. was bringing a bunch of movies and stuff and when they could watch stuff, they could watch JAG, they could watch Stargate because it's yeah. Air Force. Like they were limited what they what they had there to watch. So, pardon me, and you're this sea of, you know, soldiers and you're cheering them on and you're talking to them and it's a way of saying thank you and autographing and all that sort of thing. And we were in a room, another room, there was just, it was this constant stuff. And I remember this big, I forget how many stars he had. Like, and they, there's just this presence, you know, when that, that general's there and he's speaking and we're standing there and, and this movie was going on and you just, you know, we're, we follow where we're supposed to go. That right. kind of thing. We're standing on stage and he's, the general is there talking. And I remember he turned and he said, now what about you, ma'am? Are, are you going to be staying here and watching the movie with the troops? But, but I didn't know. I mean, I thought I knew I had to go over that way after. And I went, but I just, it was like automatic. I just went, I will do whatever you want me to do, sir. And everybody started laughing. And he said, now you see that there, that's good soldier material. But I, I was like, and I don't even know how that came out of my mouth. I just knew that I had to say it. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> Korea one that was in July and it was phenomenal because things life was it was joyous and then we got the call that winter when things weren't so joyous um and they asked if we would go for Christmas and this was all of us in Stargate and we weren't told where we were going we had to hand over our passports and they would notify us as we got closer, but we, everything was up in the air because we weren't to know too much. Are we going to go on a private? But we didn't know what was happening. Is this after September 11th? Yes. Okay, so this is 01. This is when we are going to uh, Qatar. We went to Doha. Yes, I've been. Yeah, not to where you were, but yeah. Yeah, so we were there. And that trip, again, was 
mind-boggling. It was right at the height of um, uh, Ramadan, I think it was. Okay. And um, beautiful country, absolutely. It is gorgeous. Country, lovely, lovely people, yeah. really lovely people. Um, and again, I just remember you're in the middle of the desert, and then there's just you know all of the stuff, all of the tanks and and jets you know, watching these jets take off and and being in areas that nobody would ever be allowed to go, but we were being escorted in was absolutely phenomenal. Um, And moving. I remember we we were out, we'd all get picked up in a a van and there was this moment we were watching jets fly off and we got back into the van and you could have heard a pin drop. You couldn't hear anything. All you could hear was all of us, the odd, because just being so moved. And so, yeah, so moving. But, and then on the flip note, we had a day where we got to have like a day. So we were taken into the desert and it was, again, oh my gosh, what an experience. I remember taking pictures, we're in the dunes. It was like a sand dune trip. And you're in a very expensive four by four and they, they take some of the, the air out of the tires and that's what you use instead of a dune buggy. We're all in it. And we're in the middle of Qatar and our, the driver has country music on and we're listening, we're singing along to country. And I remember at one point kind of looking at Amanda and I'm like, do you want to pinch me first? And then, or then I'll pinch you. Like, it was just crazy. And I remember watching, and, and here's Christopher skiing down, like snowboarding or sandboarding, sandboarding down this mountain of sand. And then me, I'm like, I have to, I have to pee, or I have to pee really bad. And you, there's very much a respect in what you wear. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? You're in the middle of the desert. Nobody's around. And so we had this sarong. And I remember Amanda's going, okay, men, I'm going to hold the sarong for you. But there's no, you can't go to a bush and pee by a bush or a tree. Because everything's open. Yeah. And I'm like, well, even if you hold the sarong here, what's behind me? She goes, never mind, just go, and then I'll take turns. So I'm like, I have this to remember that I'm peeing in the middle of the desert. And <laughs> so I'm doing my business. And then as I'm, you know, finishing getting ready to take turns so that she can then have yeah. her pee, I look down and I went, oh, my God, guys, you're not going to believe this. I just peed right beside camel dung it's camel dung you guys right there they're like you're kidding i'm like no and then like so literally this is the sort of stuff like these are the memories that nobody could write nobody you know what i mean you just had to be there in that moment but the highlight was peeing beside (laughs) camel dung because i was in an area where there were camels you know? Oh God, that's funny. <laughs> Terrell, uh, I have fan questions for you. Okay. Um, I um, I would love the 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 show that I am building is designed to be an oral history of Stargate for the future, and uh, soon there's going to be a website that's going to launch with it that's going to connect it to all the episodes from for of all the quotes of all everything that we're building here and i would love to have you back in the future to discuss some specific episodes 
uh, with Janet. And it means so much to me to have you be a part of this. So let me bring in the fans. So I have. These or no? No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I have. Yeah. They're, they're questions that have been submitted to a document. So sorry, you can't see them, but you can talk to them. So sci-fi Sadie, do you have any acting advice for people struggling with social anxiety? Wow. Acting advice. Um, Despite wearing a lab coat for all those years, I'm not a a doctor. I'd have to know more about your social anxieties, but I mean, I certainly, I think I had one when I was talking about my shyness because it was Mm. quite crippling. Um, I think, I, I don't know how to really answer that properly. The only advice I could give you is if, if you're, and see, it's not a two way, so I can't answer right. I can't have a conversation with her. Yeah. But if you're talking about getting into acting and you really want to act, but you do have these nerves, you can overcome it. Um, for me personally, how it worked was just being somebody else. It wasn't me up there. Like I could never stand do stand up comedy because then I'd be so raw and far too exposed and I'd be so nervous. But, you know, I'm not hiding, but being able to be behind somebody else's word. Um my first thing would be class. You want to be in a safe environment where if you try something, you know, and you're, you're afraid you might fall on your face. And that's the beauty of acting. We all fall on our face. Um, at least it's, it's in a safe environment. Find a really good acting teacher. Um, be surrounded by people that are like-minded. Everybody's, you know, striving for the same thing. You can meet some amazing friends. and You'll have the support and it's a safe place for you to try it. And just keep persevering. Keep keep getting up there and, and doing it. I think that that's a wonderful place to start. Thank I you. I hope it helps her. Yeah. Dan Dutton, uh, which Stargate SG One cast member was the most fun to work with? Man, I that, can't. Dan, yeah. Dan, Dan. What are you thinking, Dan Dutton? I can't answer that. They were all fun. If I okay, I can say. One of my most memorable moments, and I talk about it all the time because I was just in awe and in such joy to be in his presence, would have been the late, great Dom DeLuise. I will say Dom DeLuise. Yeah, absolutely. John 42 and Warhog 99 are asking, were they planning on bringing... um, were they planning on bringing her back in the episode with all the alternate SG-1 teams? Because that's the feeling I was getting when I saw that episode. Well, you were in that. That was that was, um, that was was ripple effect. About, yeah, if you're talking about that, then yes, I certainly did come back in that. Martouf was brought back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frazier was brought back. Who else? Those were the two who were brought back. That was fantastic having you and JR Yeah, again. alternate universes. Yeah, so that yeah. was, yeah. Absolutely. Kylo Show LP, if the Stargate, if the SGC had procured and kept a Gould sarcophagus, do you think Fraser would have made use of it on occasion to bring people back from the dead? <laughs> I think knowing Fraser, she would have to do a far more in-depth study than to put somebody into it. Because I think that's what happened with, there was an episode, wasn't there, with Shanks' character in there? Yeah, and it uh, was, it caused problems. It can cause, cause problems. So I think knowing Janet, no. So there'd be a heck of a lot more um, 
research that would go into it before she would use it and that's a that's a good question in the sense you know morally would she want to bring somebody back from the dead I don't know mm. I think if it was a loved one somebody one of her team members she'd probably do everything she could quite frankly I wish somebody had stuck me in that thing maybe I'd Janet would have been back <laughs> jeez oh gosh Russell Baldwin happy birthday tomorrow Thank you very much. From an acting point of view, which episode was your favorite? Man, oh mm. man, there's a there's a few good ones to pick there. You had just some standout moments. I can't I can't just pick. I mean, obviously Broken Divide. Yeah. Because that's my introduction episode. And also I loved that episode. Another one that was my favorite was the um lifeboat. Oh, with Michael, Michael, the multiple personalities. It was just a joy, absolute joy. Again, Dom DeLuise in Ergo, I, I just mm-hmm. loved that. Hathor, how fun was that for the women to kick butt? Yeah, in your mind, honey buns, there's a reason they call it this man's army. That's right. I loved that one. And then the one where you get to see Mama Bear Janet with um, Cassandra. Yes, Rite of Passage. Your scene with Nirti and Jacqueline Samuda. Yeah. That is yes. an extraordinary scene of television. And what about the other one? What about the one that, um, oh my God, just made me laugh so much. The Groundhog Day one. Yes, Window of Opportunity. Oh, with so the, the light in his eyes yeah. every time. What could possibly so- be in my eye that would explain this? <laughs> oh, man. Did you know, did you guys have an idea that that was going to be a standout show when you were filming it? Or did it just feel like another episode? I never thought of that. No, I, I never thought of anything as being a standout episode because it was just an episode and another piece of great writing for us to play with. Um, but yeah, it wasn't all. Of, I mean, look back at all of these. They're just, they're wonderful. And it's, I love that about these shows. My, I remember my favorite as a kid when I was little were, were the little, what were those things called in Star Trek? They were so cute. Oh, they're the Tribbles. Cool. Tribbles, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, those are standout things, right? Crazy things like that. <laughs> so it's just, what an honor that, that we have standout episodes. Yeah. The Time Prophet. Um, I know the answer the to this. Somewhere, I... um, uh, Rick Ages. The, the Time Prophet? No, what is that? Or you're talking about Star Trek. No, that's the next, the next uh, uh, fan. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're okay. You're sorry. <laughs> The Time Prophet. Um, so I, I've I've heard you tell this story, but I, I'd be interested in hearing you tell it again. Uh, who told you um, you were going to be killed off, and how did they break it to you? Robert Cooper, January. I'm in my kitchen. Telephone rings. It's him asking how I am. I was doing a play. Everything will be fine when you start up again. Yeah, everything's going to be fine, Robert. Listen, well, I've got you on the phone. Um, how would you feel if we killed you off? I'm in the middle of my kitchen going, really? How would I feel, Robert? How do you think I would feel um, about being killed off? Not very good. Not very good at all. Um, so that's how I was told. But then he went on to tell me about how they were going to do it. Like I had a rough idea of the storyline, which I thought was beautiful. Um, so I went, oh, I like I like that. I like that storyline. I love what is happening and how she's going to go. Okay. That's how 
That's how it happened. How did I feel? Not good, sad, but grateful for seven great years. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. and it's much better. I mean, certainly, I, I mean, SG1 did get canceled after 10 seasons. It's hard to believe that a 10 season show got canceled. But, um, you know, to be able to have finality of a character, you know, mm-hmm. there there is something to be said for that. To to have a complete yeah. arc. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. You're right. Yeah. That's a good one, David. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, Becky Sullivan, Terrell, your character on Nancy Drew, Mrs. Hudson, was so fun and nasty. Oh, he's nasty. Would love to see a grandmother standoff between you and Pamela Roy Lance, Nancy's older grand other grandmother. Nancy's I don't do I know that character? I I, I don't know, do you? <laughs> Pamela Roy Lance, Nancy's other grandmother. Huh. Nancy's other grandmother. I don't know. Tell us a little bit about Mrs. Hudson. But I can tell you about Celia. Yeah. Um, yeah, she is a piece of work. She's very nasty. <laughs> She's very regal. Um, what I can tell you is... I can't tell you. Okay. There's something I can't really okay. say right now, but uh, just keep watching. Okay. Romaine, for Terrell, can you please say something in French? Quel âge? Um, <laughs> um, qu'est-ce que c'est? Um, voulez-vous coucher avec moi? I have no... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, Okay, she's counting. Um... That's pretty much it. <laughs> Le toilette, s'il vous plaît. That's the biggie. I have Very to important. Um, yeah, excusez-moi. Uh, Le toilette, uh, s'il vous plaît. Yeah. <laughs> Zagafire, given your background in dance and how often um, you use the term magical, have you ever been involved in a magic act and... If so, what uh, was her part in it like? What was your part in it like? I have never been involved okay. in a magic act at all, but it's, sorry, I'm playing with my chords. No, you're fine. I love magic. I love, I love, love, love magic. And you know what I've been experiencing again is I was a Harry Potter fan and I would re- I read all the books. I didn't watch all the movies because to me, I'm such a book freak. I like, I like where I go when I'm in the pages um my daughter who's 12 i would try to get her to read it or i'd read it to her she had no interest and all of a sudden now she's into harry potter so she's been watching the movies and so i'm sort of reliving it again through her and there's this excitement that that just gets in me and i would say to her like she just that poor kid she's stuck with me as her mother um i'll go oh sometimes lund i just I just want to like take a shopping cart and just run into a brick wall and pretend I can just go through. And she's like, yeah, that's, that's really great, mom. Yeah, that's good. Um, But that's where I go. I love that magic. And then she was watching. Oh, I'm, I'm really outing myself here being a not so good mother, but she loves. No, 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 no. She loves family guy. Okay. And I never watched it. And so I've started watching it because she watches it. And then I I'll be watching something and I'll go, 
like my mouth drops and yeah. I look at her, but it's kind of over her head. And I think, oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, they, they go places. Whoa. Do they ever. Anyway. And then the things I'll be laughing at, like just, and she'll like, she'll be, I don't get it, mom. What's so funny. And I go, nothing, nothing at all. Anyway, she happens to like the, what's the kid's name? Is Stewie? it Stewie? Anyway, so there's this big thing going on. This She was just watching it before hockey practice today. And they were in a house with all these passages. You know, they'd step on a button and the picture would slide. And anyway, again, she doesn't have, I'm such an immature little girl still. And that's what I, I mean, I don't want to ever grow up because I love the, this imagination. I love that about children. And I, I'm like, oh, wow. You know what, London? I always wanted that. I always wanted a house with secret passages. Maybe one day we'll do that. Maybe one day we'll have a house with secret passages. And she's watching and she's like, yeah, okay, mom. And you know what I mean? Just so different. But I get all excited. You know, I love that. <laughs> so I wouldn't think being your daughter that, that she that? would be aloof. I mean, I wouldn't think that at all. London? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. What she does have of me is the emotion. Like, we have a, oh, God, help us when we're watching Pixar. Like, oh, God. Oh, I'm a mess. You know, the the giant and and then Peach Dragon. Like, literally, it is game over for us. Like, it has to hit pause until we go to the blow our, like, just heaving sobs where we can't even talk. Like, that's how we get. And then we went to see... Oh, I'm totally digressing here, but speaking of magic, Jurassic, the, the, the Jurassic World, I guess it was. Okay. Have you seen it? The film? Yeah. Yes, I've seen Jurassic okay. World with the dinosaurs. So, yeah. So yeah. we're, this is, the, I think, one of the last ones or... Fallen Kingdom came out a year and a half ago, I think. Yeah. I don't know, whatever one it was that we saw, we're in the movie. This is obviously pre, yeah. pre, pre. In the movie theater, and it's where the island is on fire. Yeah. Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, and the Brachiosaur behind the, the... End, right? And yeah. I, we can hear him and all of her friends, like we're, my my friend and, and her husband and their little girl and London, there's a, all of us in a row and everybody's just, you know, watching it. London and I are like... <gasps> and there's, no, there's nothing dainty or pretty about the way, you know, I cry. She's like in my shoulder like this and I'm like... <gasps> and it's like people are around and everybody's like, stop it. I'm like... <gasps> Ah, it's like that loud, and then she's shaking, and we're like this, and just oh, we were dead. The, when the movie ended, we came out, and everybody's like saying, "When the movie and is it like London and I are like shell shock?" We're still like, oh. and do you remember when he was crying? She was, yeah, I know, mom. And we're like eating our cold popcorn, still sobbing over that. Anyway, yes, sadly, she has that from me. <laughs> I think uh, that in the long run, that's a good thing. Oh, I guess. <laughs> Sam Carter. <laughs> Sam Carter says, uh, very early on, um, we knew that uh, Janet had an ex-husband, as as we mentioned before. Um, did you, because I, I know a lot of actors know they, they develop a, a head canon about the character to find their way through the character. Can you tell us anything about, about Janet's past and... And what happened that she may have divorced her husband? 
Did you, did you, um, did you feel anything through the character? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I used that. We, I didn't have like a, a background Bible for that part. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we create our own. And I think for, for me, the reason she was just so driven, my personal story, I think I wrote it in a book somewhere. Somebody wrote a behind the scenes and I had to write what my back, my own backstory. Mm -hmm. So it's somewhere out there in mm -hmm. sci-fi. Okay. Book. And so she was, uh, she was a, a brat, you know, like she grew up army, uh, air force, all of that. Or I can't remember what I, so long ago when I wrote it, if my dad was army or what it was, but basically that I was a, a girl in a man's world, you know, and this man's army and constantly having to prove myself and, um, you know, even to the, the man I married. And that was it for me. Um, and mostly because there was uh, the threat that they were threatened by her, threatened by the fact that, I mean, if you really think about the age that Janet was and all of her accomplishments, yeah. you know, she must have started studying in the womb, really, when you think about it. I mean, she's a specialist in exotic diseases and then she's this and she's that. And, you know, and plus, you know, a highly regarded member of the Air Force and all of that. So she did a lot and it was all through having to prove having to prove herself constantly um that it's not about this man's army it's it's about what i have to offer and i have nothing to be ashamed of and i have nothing to be ashamed of also having emotion and being human right. um so yeah that was that's what i did and she just had enough of him and that was the end of that and she just did her thing and she did it well yeah, um, the the characters of Sam and Janet are remarkable examples of strong women, but uh, not just strong women, but women who can also be vulnerable. You know, Absolutely. I think that that's so important as well. You know, it's like, yes, you know, you can do everything that a man does, but you can also be a woman. You know, and you can also, like Sam does, you can also put on high heels and dance. It is, um, that was, that was probably, again, one of the most rewarding uh, parts of these roles, this show, is, you know, getting the mail and getting so many um, letters of thanks from young, you know, young girls and young women saying what role models we were, you know, and we took it seriously. Pardon me. We took it seriously because we were role models. Like what was created, what was put down in those paper, down in the in the paper. Again, at kudos to the the creators of our show is that they were they were these amazing, well rounded, not ashamed to be intelligent. They didn't have to dummy down to make them feel you know. And that's the beauty of where we are today, twenty years later. You're not seeing that. Um, you know, there's just this this thing where I think as much as we're seeing the sadness and some regression happening again, not to get into any topic that's offensive or, or political in any way, but I think we have to also look at the good. So we have mm -hmm. seen you know things digress in certain areas, but you're also seeing, you're seeing people valued for who and what they are, regardless of whether they are in a man's body, a woman's body, 
regardless of gender, regardless of color, regardless of anything, you're starting to see some change. So to have this, the gift of Sam Carter and Janet Frazier to be those role models meant so much. And I, I speak for Amanda as well, because we talked about this, how grateful we are that we got to do that. And it was certainly taken seriously. And it was an honor for us to, to play those roles. Absolutely. The writing informed a lot of this, but also I, I, my understanding is that it was a very deliberate intention on both of your parts that these two would be friends and not rivals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lee Butler, uh, I always wondered what happened to Cassandra. So did I, Lee. So did I. I think she's thriving. I think she's thriving. She, um, I mean, look at who she had. She had, you know, um, Carter and she had O'Neill. She had Jack, yeah. So that was the thing. She had those two um, and was probably raised beautifully and, and again with integrity and caring and values and all of that. So I think she absolutely is thriving. I wonder if she's in the medical profession, who knows, but I wouldn't be surprised. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the things that I loved about uh, the, the, the continuation of Stargate through Atlantis and universe was uh, when Amanda joined, um, Atlantis, uh, there were picture frames on her desk and th- and they, they got a, a picture of Colleen, you know, who played Cassandra last. Yeah. And it was so important to that continuity of the show and the continuity of that character that Cassandra was remembered. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And it was one of my frustrations, you know, at, at Janet's funeral that Colleen wasn't there. You know, I know. They should have gotten her for that scene. I don't know why she wasn't there. It just, I mean, you know, the, there's, there's the, the number of balls that, that everyone had, had to keep up in the air was just outrageous, you know? Yeah. So it's, I'm grateful that they, that they managed to do what they did. Um, what's, what's up for you next, Terrell? Are we going to be uh, seeing you on any uh, Christmas programs this, this fall? Uh, what's what's going on for you? Yes, I, I, again, I can't. It's become more and more that nothing can be said, yeah. as you well know. Um, but you will definitely be seeing more of me, um, and I will leave it at that. In more than one project, thankfully. Uh, so yeah, just keep watching, keep looking, and when I can, things will be uh, put out on social media in some way. I'm so bad at social media. <laughs> Uh, I don't blame you. <laughs> Sometimes it's just like I get reminded, and I go, "Now, how do I do this again?" Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like I I got a a little speaker, one of those Bluetooth speakers, right? So I looked at it, and went, "Okay, so um, pull up the instructions." Yeah. Hey, London, can you come here for a sec? She comes down. She's what, Mom? I said, um. Apparently, I have to pair this. Like, oh, honestly, Mom, give it to me. I go, there you go. Yeah, or something. So, there's something wrong with my phone. What is wrong, Mom? Just give it to me. Click, 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 click. There you go. Thanks, honey. <laughs> Please give her a big hug the next time you see oh her. Oh my me. gosh, I will. Did she come with me? She did. 
He did. She uh, was. I got to meet her. I, it was so, it was so wonderful too. And then Elena Huffman's daughter. They they hung out all day together. That's right. I because yeah. I when you said that, gave her a hug. I was like, yeah, you guys met. That's uh-huh. right. It has been a treat to have you on, well, and you. Uh, it you are such a vital piece of of this franchise and uh, that performance has inspired and will continue to inspire uh, young women and men, you know, to continue to, to go into the medical field. I'm sure you've gotten that. I have. What an honor. Cause you're playing a part, you know, and you, but it's still that you, you imbue it with that, that energy and that dedication that, that stirs people on the other side of that screen to action. That's, that's magic. That is magic. Thank you. I know. I'm so lucky with what I get to do. I appreciate your time and we will have you on. Uh, I'll, I'll reach out to you next next year. We can Perfect. dive into some sp- specific episodes. Sounds good, David. Thank, Thank you. you so much for your time. Okay. You take care of yourself. I'll be in touch. All Bye. right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Everyone, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Terrell Rothery. Terrell is... Um, I am so fortunate to have had the opportunity to meet so many of these wonderful people. And I met Terrell and I met Don at a convention a few years ago and I was sneaking um, backstage. They were let out through uh, the gift shop and I stopped them and I said, Hey guys, I'm a huge fan. I know I'm here. That's why we're all here. But can I please, you know, have a picture with the two of you and that entire weekend those are the only two pictures i got were with terrell and with don and um they're they're two of the most amazing people that i've ever had a chance to know and if you get a chance to meet terrell at a convention in the future i i cannot recommend it enough um genuine human being the i don't know how they managed to pick the people that they did for um the show I think that they just knew, you know, uh, Amanda and Michael and Chris often talk about the fact that they all, they all came together. And, um, when they were auditioning and they just, they just knew and Brad and Jonathan and Rob, they knew what they were doing. And that's the reason that we're still talking about it 23 years later. So everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And I, I really appreciate uh, that you're, you're continuing this journey with me. If you like what you're seeing in the episode, um, please click the like button. It makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm and will definitely help the show grow its audience. So, And please share this with a Stargate friend. Darren is coming on in 40 minutes. We're going to do a Stargate trivia challenge. That's going to be fun. So we're going to have to tally up uh, <laughs> with with hash marks who has uh, the better Stargate trivia. My name is David Reed, and I will see you on the other side. Thanks for watching. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner. Co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. 
The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes, at dialthegate.com. <laughs>